me, it's about education, right? Um, <coughs> the most important thing to have, and that's why I appreciate positive real estate. Oh, thank you. Because, you know, you need to be um, educated, and education is the key with investment. Yep. Um, you can't make decisions with shut eyes, not understanding and knowing what you do. You need yep. to be prepared. And I think you guys are doing a brilliant job. You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name's Tabitha Bright and I'm the head of coaching at Positive Real Estate where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guests today are Agatha Lorden and Warwick Morland. Look, and today we're going to cover you know, their amazing results of holding property for 20 years and longer, why Agatha got her truck license, and what it took to trade their jobs for traveling the world. So enjoy this conversation with Agatha and Warwick. Hey, Agatha and Warwick, welcome today to the podcast. Hello, Tab. It's yeah. great to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome having you. Thank you. So, Warwick, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> oh, I want to say something. It's awesome being here too. <laughs> oh, no, it's really appreciated. Um, I was actually super excited about this particular episode because this one's a little bit different because you guys are at a different stage of your investing. Um, so many of our clients that I've talked to so far and the investors that I've talked to have largely been in acquisitions phase or they've finished buying property, but their properties haven't, they haven't held them long enough for them to be able to um, take that next step, which you guys are currently on. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Tell me, when did you first start investing? Did you start investing together or you had properties individually? Tell me a little bit about that, Jenny. <laughs> yes. You want to so work? we had properties individually. I started, let's say, if I want to say investing, I did my first development back in about 1985, which was wow. fuel occupancy. That was a extreme learning curve. <laughs> no information about it. <laughs> And uh, we bought investing off and on. I met Agatha in 2003. Yeah. You already had your I own had my own portfolio, yes. In 1980, I have redeveloped the site in South Yarra, so subdivided the land um, and created two townhouses. Wow. So my background is in um, uh, architectural industry, so I've been in building industry, so I guess I had that confidence to go ahead. But That's still, awesome. there's a lot of headaches, uh, obviously getting planning permits, working with builders and so on and so forth. But it was a very successful project at the end of the day. So I'm very pleased with that. And so tell me, do either of you still hold those, any of those properties still from 1980s? You do? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. No, sorry, no. I, one. I don't hold the 1980s property. I sold that. Yeah. Bought another property. Yep. Has her property in South Yarra. 
Wonderful. And so can I ask, um, we often say to clients that have bought property and they've held it three, four, five years and they get frustrated. Um, <laughs> holding property 20, 30 plus years, obviously there's been some great results in that simply not only with the development, but simply by holding. What would you have bought for in the 1980s in South Yarra? 200,000. <laughs> and I, I hate to even, you know, begin to imagine what that might be worth today, but what, well into a million, 1.2 million? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Somewhere around there. But sorry, just correction. I didn't, I did not purchase that property in oh. uh, uh, 80s. I redeveloped it in 80s. So I actually bought it 10 years before that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, so that's what it was. It was my family home, essentially. Ah, so you guys have really done the hard yards holding property for long yeah. periods of time. And your, um, I imagine that some of your feedback for people that was uh, struggling in that sort of three to five year time frame, getting frustrated, your advice would be? No, you, just, you need to wait. The it's all about supply and demand and yep. Australia's population growing all the time. Um, the outer suburbs, which were, say, Blackburn and Nutterwadding, are no longer outer suburbs. They're yeah. middle ring suburbs, and your outer suburbs are way out to Lilydale now. Yeah. So that's all what's changed in time. But it's also looking at the entire portfolio and really yeah. knowing... Uh, which ones need to be sold and which ones need to be kept. We have acquired, you know, the, the last, the recent, well, the last acquisition was Wenwari. So we're constantly reviewing the portfolio. When was the last one? The, um, oh, it was probably 90, uh, 2011. 2011. So, so we're constantly looking <coughs> at it, reviewing it and yeah. seeing which one work and which one don't work for us. And particularly now in this stage where we are no longer in, acquisitions really we've moved yeah. into a consolidation stage yeah yeah so and retirement planning no which one we keep the best yeah sell off the rest and yeah. sorry so time, yeah. time, you've got to let time run its course have the properties work yeah um i've looked at properties in 1983 in port melbourne and i turned down a property for twenty nine thousand dollars oh dear <laughs> I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> 29,000, oh, my God. Imagine, yeah. that today you'd be like, I only have like 30 of those. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Buy on the bank card. <laughs> that's nuts. And that's what, that's a perspective people have got to get into. The price yeah. will change. What you're doing now, your income now, what you're paying off will change over time. Yeah. And you look back and say, wow, you know, I only bought that for whatever it was. Yeah. But here's, here's the key thing, though, um, that we need to clarify, that if you do keep the properties for a long period of time like we do, every 10 years you need to do something. So you need to set aside huh. money and time. Awesome. And you need yep. to bring it up to a specific standard, which yep. is, you know, beyond to even what's happening then to make it kind of, you know, ahead of yourself and make it, make it better to what yep. it is. Which is an interesting point you make. So um, one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording the podcast was you guys are looking at selling something in your portfolio at the moment. 
Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, about Vermont and why you're selling, <laughs> why you're selling it? Because it's a property that's performed for you, right? It's done well. Yeah. Oh, extremely well. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about that. Well, it's a, a classic suburban property, uh, a quarter acre block of land. It's a house. It's a mixture of brick and, and weatherboard. Yep. That's got a lovely view. <clears throat> but it's got a huge garden and it needs a lot of gardening. Plus the house is made of uh, wood and those properties were built back in the 70s and 80s. They didn't have all the technology you have today. You didn't have treated pine. Uh... So all that wood is starting to wear out. Right. It's fair enough. It wasn't designed to last that long. Yeah. And so we've got to make that decision. Do we try and build this property back up to scratch, put all the right materials in? And that's an extremely expensive. You're talking about changing all the windows, changing all the decks. And with uh, other things that come in, like these new tenancy laws in Victoria, yep. where you've got safety issues, the switchboard will have to be changed. That's the old style switchboard. Yeah. So lots and lots of money. You can put it in and bring it back up to scratch, but it's still, it's not the not the type of property you, you is suited for renting out. It's too much gardening work to be done, and uh, and it gets it falls behind. It becomes the worst house in the street. Hopefully. Right, because um, Agatha, you were saying <laughs> that. Um, that you know tenants aren't great at garden upkeep we we all know that <laughs> oh people are busy you know usually you've got family or young people working full time so to maintain a garden it's really you can't rely on tenants yeah so we've got you know beautiful trees but they grow and they become monsters so we had a jungle when we got back yeah so, okay. uh, nothing's been done for about six years 12 so we, years actually it's well, 12 years just, well we did six years we did bathrooms and kitchen in yeah. the house um but the garden just you know let go so people just maintained a small part of it but the rest of it was in a complete you couldn't even see the house from the street so it was that bad right so here comes warwick with his chainsaw cutting all the trees <laughs> And so we, we've got now, uh, we've got to the stage where we've got a brand new garden. And that's, and, and I think, so this is the key um, uh, thing that I wanted to point out. It's yep. knowing what to do to, to create the, the biggest impact. So not to overcapitalize and do everything, but just having those kind of uh, few features here and there and, um, and knowing where, you know, where to do where mm. to work and what to do rather than do everything. Right. To, 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 sorry, Warwick. We're going to move to Queensland to retire permanently in a few years' time. We're not going to be coming down here every five years or every year <laughs> to maintain a property. Pull the yeah. chainsaw out. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too much, too, too limiting yeah. from the lifestyle. It yeah. is, it is. And that's not the objective of uh, having investments. You want them to be doing their thing and providing them with us with the income to live out the lifestyle we want. That's right. Who wants to, you know, chop the ivy that's overgrowing the whole garden every three years? Thank you very much. Not yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not our ivy, it's the neighbour's ivy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Four, three fences. <laughs> right. So, so, so one of your top tips is, low maintenance property that yields really well and attracts good quality tenants um, in areas I'm guessing that um, still have strong capital growth and all of 
all of that kind of stuff. So townhouses, apartment stock, um, you know, good quality property that um, will um, not cause you too much grief because <laughs> you don't want to spend all your time or, or the cost of a garden maintenance of, you know, if you're not as handy with the skills, uh, the chainsaw as uh, Warwick is perhaps. Yeah. Um, and can I change tack a little bit? Um, you recently bought a truck of some sorts. Yes. Oh, Black Betty. <laughs> Black Betty. <laughs> the seven-ton truck. I had to get a truck license on <laughs> technically. Which is awesome. So this is our lifestyle. We travel in between times when we renovate. We actually travel. So it's our uh, mobile home. That's so um, good. It's got, it's pretty big. So this, this, this truck is our upgrade. Um, it has everything. It's got kitchen, bathroom, washing machine, and, you know, microwave, oven, and everything else. So um, very like, comfortable. And four-wheel drive. And four-wheel drive. So it's a mini house. So we're going to live in that and travel, and we could be living in that and travelling for years. So we need to have properties that uh, are low maintenance, have good property managers are on the ball yeah. all the time, having the right team of maintenance people as well. And that's the other key is having good property management. Yes, the good yeah. agent, I think that they know the area, they know the market, obviously, but they've got good uh, team of maintenance people. I think that's the key, that it needs to be some kind of a, um, you know, backup to, to maintain the property. Yeah, and yeah alert us when that needs to be done because things break down hot water systems they only last 10 years air conditioning systems we had one that lasted four years oh four thousand dollars replaced i was having a phone call from port lincoln in south australia trying to fix an air conditioner in queensland hmm. and arrange a specialist air conditioning group to come fix it yeah okay yeah, yeah. So I'm hearing low maintenance, like from the rooftops um, and good quality and, and good tenants, um, because that just makes it easy to do the stuff you want to do. Now, neither of you are, uh, <laughs> I'll say, working in employed jobs at the moment, are you? You're, you're working, doing maintenance on your properties, getting them all up to speed um, and all of that, but you're not in paid employment, are you? No, we don't need to be in paid employment. That's awesome. Oh, but I have a fun job. I teach online. I teach English in China. So that's my uh, weekend job that's portable. So when we travel in our camper van, I still teach just weekends. So that's what I do. That's really cool. And we do, and we do volunteer work. We've done volunteer work around Australia and travels, um, different places. Might be for a week. It might be for two months where you do volunteer work. We've That's done amazing. volunteer work overseas, Myanmar. We spent two months in Myanmar. Wow. Uh, because uh, we were designing a school, did the planning. The and, master plan, yeah. And right. the village that was just bamboo huts and uh, we had to measure out the site, kick, kick pigs out of the way and do those <laughs> snakes and everything. Snakes. Oh, but um, because we've developed a lot of skills, like everyone else, yeah, uh, we develop a lot of skills in our working life, and it's uh, we want to still use those They're skills. Transferable, that's and, right. And use it for <laughs> you know volunteer work. So it's a yeah. shame to give up all those skills you've learnt. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And because um, I was first kind of alerted to you guys and your big change of um, scenery, shall we call it, um, when I saw you were on a boat, a yacht. What's the right term? I'm not yacht. sea. 
<laughs> a big catamaran, yes. Uh -huh. The catamaran we sailed through the Caribbean islands. Um, so that was for about three months, I think. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, we kind of grab opportunities left, right and centre and spice up life, basically, to do something different. Yeah, uh, and I mean, obviously, this was all pre-COVID. Um, and, um, and so every time I looked on Facebook, you guys were somewhere else. You were through, <laughs> if I remember rightly, through South America, through... Yeah. yeah, and how do you deal with what I'll call the gypsy lifestyle? Like, I know some people are like, oh, yeah, but I've got my cat, I've got my... You know, I don't want to give up X, Y, Z. Tell me about that because there are trade-offs, right? Absolutely. There are big <laughs> trade-offs. Um, so the biggest one is we let go of, of possessions, of things. Everything that I own fits in a camper van, which is like, what, three metres by two metres little box. That's nice. Um, and so, you know, no cats. The cats die, in fact, when we started to travel. The cat died. My daughter moved out of the family home. Uh, you know, with Warwick, Warwick, Warwick. <laughs> uh, Warwick put up his hand to, you know, to, to do our two five. So he was the first one. So things happened. And then we thought, okay, let's travel. So when Warwick said that, let's travel, I, I was still working. And I thought, mm, how can I part with the job that I, I, you know, I love interior design and architecture. So I thought, mm, okay, Warwick, uh, here's the deal. I'll give you a year and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and talk again. You know what? From that day on, I'll never look back. It's just the best lifestyle, but we don't have positions and we do move from A to B to C. We're very flexible. Yeah. Um, but some days I wake up, I don't know where I am. Every <laughs> few days, we're in a different place, like you said. But the, the key to all that, though, we also rented our house out. So we, yes. we have no place to come back to. So we don't <laughs> have the pets. We don't have the garden. Yeah. Uh, tenants have got all that. Um, so we, it gives us a flexibility. We were in the Caribbean and then that finished and we decided what to do next. And we started travelling. We were away for a year and a half because we didn't have to come back home. Yeah. We didn't actually have a home. It was rented out. That's that pretty cool. For our travels. Home yeah. is wherever we yeah. are at the time. So it's a different concept of home. Yeah. So it, it doesn't suit everyone. Most people like to no. have their house and then go away for a couple of months and then come back. Um, and don't get me wrong, I would love to have a cat and dog, but this is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's your trade-off. Any yeah. other trade-offs? What was, what's been the hardest thing? What's been the hardest thing? Because, I mean, I think everyone can imagine all the awesome stuff that goes along with this, but what's the hardest thing? What did you struggle with? For me, it's friends and family. When we are away and we're travelling, you know, you don't have that physical contact. So, um, you know, Zoom is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> But it is all electronic. You know, I have electronic relationship with my daughter. Hello, darling. How are you? Oh, I'm well. How are you, mum? Fine. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So there is none of that. So we got, you know, 10-minute, half-an-hour friends wherever we go. And, and those friendships do kind of, you know, they are there, but they're all electronic. But that's our, that's our sort of way of life. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that's hard sometimes. And it's yeah. also living a simpler life, like, you know, travels around the world, you've only got a 20 kilo suitcase. Yeah. That's two of you. So it's only 40 kilos. That's your whole 
living is 40 kilos uh, for a year and a half. But it's all we see it as adventure. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be ready for something to change. You've got to be fluid with where you're going next. Yes. Yeah. Uh, things change. Um, and, yeah, so it's giving up friends. But one of the things, like, key things here is I sat down with all of our property portfolio, worked out all our income, all our outgoings, yeah. and a projection for each year, what we get from income and what our expenses would be. And three years in a row, they were exactly the same. So we worked out we were living on around $65,000 a year yeah. in our travels. And... Um, our income was more than that. It was, it was exactly what I worked out in advance from our property portfolio. And Jason says property is very consistent in income. Yeah. And this is it. It's consistent. Okay, you allow for maintenance and other things in the figures, but it, it is pretty, pretty consistent. And here's the key. It's that, you know, Warwick is a spreadsheet man. He's got a spreadsheet <laughs> for every activity in life. But I tell you what, with the property portfolio, you need to know where you are. So, you know, each property has got, you know, all the figures so we know where we stand and we know what, you know, what, what we need to do basically with oh, that's awesome. track of all, you know, spreadsheets mm. and all the And you need, to know, you need to know what your expenses are. A lot of people don't even want to look at it. I don't want to know what my expenses are. So many people tell me that. Um, and we sat down, we wrote everything down, what we spent it on for a year, and it, t- it pinpointed where we were spending all our money, where we were saving money, and how we could live the lifestyle we were living. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, a key, is to really look seriously at where you spend your money. And you could be yeah. spending buying yeah. two little cups of coffee, which you could be paying <laughs> off another house. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you that one of mine that I I did the I looked at all my expenses over a year like you said and because then it, it puts it into one big chunk and you can see the you know all that micro detail suddenly becomes something tangible yeah. I worked out we were spending seven thousand dollars a year on takeaway coffee between Vin and I yeah <laughs> easy seven thousand. So we went out and bought a coffee machine and saved <laughs> ourselves half of that. <laughs> yeah. But even so, it's a silly amount. You've got to make conscious decisions about your spending. Um, there's an awesome um, uh, documentary on Netflix called um, The Minimalists. Have you seen no. those guys? Well, they're very similar to what you guys do. They talk about um, it's not about not having rewards in life but it's about being really conscious with what you choose um and where you spend your money and understanding what you're spending and um and it's fascinating so i've been trying to implement a little bit of that into my life so it's not that unconscious just consuming um and i think that's what i love about what you guys are doing yeah, it's definitely mm. that. And Marie mm. Kondo is my guru. Uh. I mean, the door. Minimalism is exactly the thing. It's it's uh. my path. And I'm loving it because there is a freedom with it, Tad. I was going to say there's a shedding, oh, isn't there? Mm. You don't need to maintain your 100 pair of shoes and, you know, whatever else. There is freedom and you're actually free to do whatever you want to do. And I think our thing is the focus. It's not that we're missing something in life. 
Nice. It's, we've got a very clear path. We know what we're passionate about. We love travel. I love teaching English overseas. And um, just it's about gathering experiences and not material things. That's awesome. So I guess um, last question, if you were to meet your younger self, what advice is that classic podcast question what advice or what would you say to yourself is there anything that you would say to you young you young warwick young agatha mm. <laughs> yes for me it's about education right um <clears throat> the most important thing tab and that's why i appreciate positive real estate oh thank you because you know you need to be um educated and education is the key with investment yep. Um, you can't make decisions with shut eyes, not understanding and knowing what you do. You need yep. to be informed. And I think you guys are doing a brilliant job. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's, that's the same here. That's education. Go out, young people, go out, get educated um, about property, the various properties you can invest in, the various ways of getting income from property, what your end goal is, what you're trying to achieve out of all that, so you've got to focus. Um, too many people I speak to say, I say, oh, that got, I, bought, I bought an investment property. I said, why? I said, oh, because I wanted to buy one. What was your strategy? <laughs> <Did> my strategy. <laughs> then, you guys oh, want a job? I know you don't want a job, but do you want a job? <laughs> But yeah, it's all about education. After we'd been at Positive Real Estate for even six mm -hmm. months, we realised that half the properties we bought were probably a very lemons. poor, well, no, lemons, a very poor decision. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it was another question you had someone who was very scared of making the wrong decision. Yeah. My first deal, as in actually physically buy an investment property, was uh, a... A friend of mine from work company said, look, my accountant said there's a good deal here on this resort, buying an apartment in this resort oh, in South Australia. And I said, oh, yeah. So we sat down and did that spreadsheet of the numbers <laughs> and did worst case and best case scenario. And even in worst case, it still looked reasonably good. And then we went out and trotted off and bought it and knowing nothing about them. I feel there's a butt coming. The worst it, problem was it was even worse than the worst case scenario. Right. So I, it was a property that was really an investment, a uh, commercial type property where its own, its value is only based on its income. Oh yes. Okay. Most zero. Yeah. So that right. That property is. Um, I still own that property. I've had oh, do it you? for twenty years. Yeah, well, it was also a very complex structure on how to buy and sell it. And only two weeks ago, I received an email saying that they're getting the lawyers together so that they can change the structure so people can actually buy and sell them. And this is 20 years on, and I'd say it's still not worth, I couldn't sell it for what I paid for it 20 years on. 20 years on, my yep. goodness. But the learning here, this is for people making a mistake, that property gives yeah. me a 9% net return. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which 20 years on, you look, you tell me where I can get a 9% return on any yeah, winter. After expenses, yeah. Stock market. Yeah, but you yeah. waited a long time. Waited a long time. So it, long. it has come good, but it took, <laughs> it took 10 years before it started showing a profit. I didn't, I didn't even want to read the monthly statement. 
Uh, yeah, it, it's a very complex activity, you know, and, and I love your guest speakers that you invite every, every month. You know, it's the bankers, it's the uh, real estate people, it's the, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. yeah it's very complex. So um, You even had a good one on... Um, Body corporates, which body I missed. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, Would yes, yes. Yeah. With body corporates too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, making the wrong decision. I think once you've got good education with positive real estate or whoever you're with, yep. um, it's probably not going to be a wrong decision. It's, it's like the quality of the decision. Could I have made a better decision? Mm. Won't be disaster. I think, I think this decision is still going to be a reasonably good decision. But property is one of those things where you look back in five years and say, oh, I should have bought this, I should have bought that. In 20 years' time, I should have bought that. But Hindsight, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 30 in Port now. Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who'd want to buy there? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Oh, one of the questions was, uh, what do our friends think of our property developments? They're probably oh. sorry. Oh, yes. We don't discuss it with our friends. Because they're not property investors, and um, I'm quite happy to discuss our property investing with other investors, but not with people who are not investors. Because people assume you've got one property, five, ten properties, whatever it is, and they're all fully paid for, and you're a rich person. You've got all these fully paid for properties, and it's, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. <laughs> you're, you're trying to get the next bit of cash flow to buy the next one because you. You've zeroed out on cash flow the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And so that's true. That's why I love coming to the positive real estate meetings when they when they hopefully come back on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, tr we'll pressure chase. Because <laughs> you, you can walk around and chat with people. And the people, and yeah, the community. It's so good mm. because you can chat to people and they tell you what they've done and they, you know, mm. sharing mistakes and, and joys. Yeah. Mm. Pick up so many tips and. Sitting there, and you can't. You, you become a mind. You can get a mindset. I can only buy this type of property. But when you go to those meetings and people are doing some weird development out somewhere or some <laughs> other thing, and you go, "Wow, you know, that's I'm going to go and talk to them." I'd like to do it. I'd love to know about it. <laughs> that's the beauty I found of going to those uh, group meetings where you can mm. just listen and just get you motivated and think, "Oh, okay, well, there's more to it than just." buying a, a unit in yeah. yeah it's true i think um part of what i've loved about this journey is just um talking to the myriad of different people from all walks of life because you know we end up in our own little tribe and our own little bubble often um and if you're not putting yourself out there i mean you guys are amazing in how you do but if you're not because life's busy, job, family, all of that stage that, you know, people inevitably go through. It's um, it's just interesting meeting people from, you know, every age, every demographic, multiple cultures, um, you know, multiple experiences. And I think that's part of what makes um, the positive stuff pretty special. It yeah, is. Absolutely. Also, with property investing, everywhere we go, we always look at property. <laughs> we always look at the property. We talk about property. Look at things, but look at it in a different light. Most people yeah. go down somewhere and they look at properties, and oh, I'd like to buy that. We look at it and go, "Oh, what could we actually do with that? Mm. Does it give us huh. a return? You know, 
Lessons learned. And that's not here. That's in overseas. Hang on. We go overseas <laughs> as well. But never buy property while you're on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> One tip I forgot to mention. <laughs> Why is that? Bob Douglas. <laughs> what was that? No, don't buy properties when you're on holidays. Oh, Port Douglas, did you say? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got swept away by the romance of it, I take. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's but you another... know what? It turns around because, like, you know, we've done 360 <laughs> degrees. We bought it. It wasn't financially, it wasn't a good decision. The body, the body corps, the, uh, um, what is it? The body corp. The cost. body corp costs just killed it. Yeah, it's not a financial investment, but for us, it was always a retirement place. And you know uh, what? We kind of we got stuck there in a nicest possible way for seven months, and we we actually love it. So our plans are to retire there because uh, now we've tested as to what's it like to live there in the in the cool. most of the heat. So that was a good that was a good yeah. Thing. So we've decided yes, we do want to live there. Finally, retire there once once we finish travelling. Yeah, and yeah. But that plot property is a classic where we bought it. They, you've got a similar property where it's a holiday sort of area property, and it was at its almost at its peak. So for the next sixteen years, it did nothing. It went back. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, isn't it, with those and holiday places? Mm. And post COVID, they've actually gone up in price. But we're not selling. <laughs> Don't want to lose but, we've that had, but we've had 16 years of maintenance to pay for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so, no, so that's another thing, buying a property. Oh, I have to buy it now in case the prices go up. Hmm. Well, no, don't do that. If you want to live there, don't buy it now in case the prices go up. It may not go up and you, you're stuck with a property that's doing nothing. Yeah. It's back to the numbers, eh? Back to the numbers. Yeah. Spreadsheets. <laughs> I don't like them, but they're necessary, they necessary. right? <laughs> but he, no, Warwick's really the, Warwick's the man. So uh, I think, and that's the thing about us, like he's got amazing strengths. This man is really amazing. Aww. And my set of skills is very different to Warwick. And so we kind of, and, and it works for us. We have a lot of heated discussions, but <laughs> um, it's, it really works to our advantage. It's yeah. awesome. The Renaults, you know, because like, you know, and he brings, because he's an engineer, he brings different skills to the project, yeah. the fix-it man and how to do it. And I'm like, this is going to look good and that's going to cost like, you know, 10 cents. So I'm a bargain queen <laughs> <laughs> and trying to get the cheapest um, way of, of something that looks great and it's a wow factor kind of thing. So that's our, and Warwick does it. Yeah. Very good. So match made in heaven. We got the interiors and the <laughs> project, project management and, and the uh, building. Ah, building and engineering. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. All righty. Well, thank you so much, guys. And, um, what have you got on? I'd love to see this podcast. So let us know. Oh, yes. When it's coming up. And because it's all, I love podcasts. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've. Um, Hey, sorry. I said before, PRE has evolved since we first joined yes. PRE. Yeah, yeah. massively. Years under your belt, a lot more um, property sales, property developments, and the things you're getting into, like Jason the other day was talking about um, putting money into 
that investment in Queensland might you might get mm. so it's a straight cash thing. You're not actually buying the property. Yeah, and that's a good thing. That's uh, I started to get interested in that one. Yeah, I should have some cash coming up soon. Awesome. And, yeah. So, and the thing is also focus, keeping focused on your property. Yeah. Uh, investing because you can easily get sidetracked with the next. Uh, whiz thing that's come out you could be busy looking spending all your time now looking at bitcoin trying to make yeah sure i was going to say crypto <laughs> cryptocurrency yeah or it could be the stock market um all those are distractions from what you really are trying to achieve mm. really focus on probably being your yeah vehicle to get where you want to go yeah it's interesting isn't it all the bright shiny objects that can so easily take your take your focus away. Mm. The other last thing I want to talk about is having an exit trigger. Yes. Oh yeah, tell me what, about that. Yes. What would it be with your property that would have you, you make, decision? make a decision to sell to it? Sell. And that could be in Queensland. I bought a property out in Emerald, and I said, if the mine, any of those mines close down, those coal mines, I'll sell. That was my trigger. Yeah. And someone can friend convince me. No, I know it's only a temporary thing. Well, that was a I should have just That's sold. That was my trigger. I should have stuck to it and sold. And it could be redevelopment. The council's redeveloping the area, and there's a massive block of units like those ones in South Yarra on the corner. Yep. They've got all those apartment buildings. They must be having a big impact on property in South Yarra, especially apartments. Yeah, I've actually got um, a friend of mine that bought one. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally not related to positive real estate. She's um, one of my running buddies. And I went up and had a look um, at her apartment and um, it's got lovely views. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a it's big, a big block. And a lot of um, Airbnb in there, which is driving yeah. people around the bend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's another issue. Yeah. And um, even climate change. Mm. You're talking about properties now. Climate change is a, a big issue on any property, I suppose. It's close to the coast. Yep. 20 years ago, who thought about climate change? Oh, it'll fix itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just didn't want to be too close to a cliff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So all the, having an exit, sitting down, it might be the, the government's decided to build a big block of uh, council apartments, you know, and then... It's yep. having that an exit trigger. What would make you sell that property? Yeah. Sell it quickly because it's, it will no longer fit your portfolio. Yeah. Yep. And even just like your Vermont one, you're yeah. you've you're at a different stage now. You don't like land is great. We get it. It's always nice having that big block. But right now, it's sort of counterproductive to mm. where you're headed. So you're going to yeah. shift it. Yep. Exactly. That's good. Awesome. Good food for thought. Yeah. So good to see you, Tad. Oh, lovely to see even if it's just virtual. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, that's oh. for us. <laughs> if you're around in, uh, when is it, June, first week of June. Yeah, we'll be yes, here. we'll be here. Um, we are having a lot. Uh, this is, um, I'm recording it, so it may go live, but we're having a special event with Sammy. We're coming down. It's going to be live, clients, face to face, our first <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it'll be held um, 
you know David's restaurant down in South Yarra, it's down a little side street, uh, off Chapel, off Chapel Street. Yeah. Um, oh, David's, the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the one. I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good place. Yes, it'll be somewhere around there. We haven't quite locked on a venue. It'll depend on numbers. So um, that's going to come up real fast. So face to face. I'll be there. We'll be there. I will be here. That'll be awesome. <laughs> lots of work to do here. So we'll definitely be here. Awesome. 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 Uh, all righty. Well, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you sharing some of your story. Um, I did want to dedicate this to uh, Helen and Ian Morse, who I know are kind of in that place that you were in a number of years back where you're going, they've taken a year off. I've, I've interviewed them for the podcast as well. And now it's that thing of what's their next step? Do they bite their bullet and go full gypsy or, uh, <laughs> or you know, are they going to have a base? And, and I think it's one of those things, correct me if I'm wrong, where it's kind of, you can't half it. It's got to be, it's kind of got to be the thing or you find it a different, a different path is my having the home and not having it rented. And it's just adds another, another layer of complexity, doesn't it? Well, everyone's different, Tab, you know, yeah. it's, it's really individual decision and whoever, you know, whatever you're comfortable with so that you don't need to blame it on something or someone, right? <laughs> <laughs> so take responsibility for your decisions and kind of go with it. Don't sit halfway on the fence because you're kind of like, mm -mm, mm -mm, you know, always worry. Yeah. Have your clear focus. This is what I want to do that it's right much easier. It. I'll give this up. I'll give that up because I want that. Best advice I've had for a long time, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that one nails it. So thank you again, guys. And um, yeah, and I'll be watching your journey from my, uh, from my office chair at the moment <laughs> and living vicariously through you. Okay. Big hugs. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.